Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live. What's the date? I don't even know what day it is. February 21st, February, Black History Month. Salute to all my brothers and sisters and soul brothers out there keeping it real. Show enough is my guy before Kawhi Leonard. How you doing? Everybody, everybody, good to hear from me. Ah, man, your boy went 5-0 and yesterday, even though some people like Seattle Sign might try to contradict and change some words around being the wordsmith that he is. However, my armor is impeccable. My skin is impenetrable. All that shit Mike Tyson said, that's what I'm saying. But it feels good to be back in the building, man, in the facilities once again of the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. So what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Yesterday we had ESPN and Showtime having boxing fans happier than anything right now. There's no um, uh, you know, football's over and all that shit, so Normally, when football's over, we got the end of basketball or or basketball somewhat, whatever, whatever. And then baseball, boring ass coming around, spring training, and all that good stuff, blah, blah, blah. But right now, we had some good shows yesterday. From ESPN headlining, Miguel Barchelt and Oscar Valdez. Showtime, on the other hand, Adrian Broner and who's Santiago, you know? Um, not bad, though. They had some good fights throughout the entirety of it all. Um, my guy, Elvis Rodriguez, picking himself up uh, a UD, getting himself in some new waters as far as the seventh and eighth round of his career. Um, we also had my guy, Gabriel Floyd Jr., doing what he does, representing Stockton, doing that 209 thing, man, letting him know what time it is. Boom, bap, eat them up, eat them up, eat them up. You work. Um, also, we had, who was who else was um, on Team RC that was uh, helping your boy go 5-0? Um, I'm, I'm having a mishap right now. As you can see, it's been a little while, man. It's been a little while since uh, we, we got it cracking over here. But nonetheless, man, um, there's a boring-ass fight with Dominic Brazil and Otto Violin, which was, you know, um, the the uh, the co-main for Showtime's Adrian Broner fight, so it's you know that that, that was fine, I guess. Um, Otto Rolling walked walked away with a W over there in Dominic Brazil. You know, back to the drawing board, back to the drawing board, or whatever, whatever. Um, you know, oh Robert Easter Jr., my guy too. Also, you know, when me and me and Willow was out in L.A. a couple of years back, when you know things were normal. You know, I keep in touch with Bunny. That's my guy, man. So, you know, Elvis Rodriguez, Robert Easter, 
Oscar Valdez, who I picked to win, because we'll get into that. Adrian Broner and Gabriel Flores. We went 5-0 yesterday. A good deal. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm in a good mood. Everything is going accordingly. Um, but I'm, you know, entering into a new realm of life. As uh, your boy RC has been called daddy for a very long time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but actually, being called daddy will be some of the first words I'll be anticipating to hear coming from young Trez, young RC3, as your boy RC became a, a daddy on a Wednesday. Pretty cool stuff, man. The best part about it. Let me let you in on the little secret. The best part about it is I can take off how much time I have, I want from work and will be paid in full. <laughs> Taking advantage of the system. My family survived generations on it, you know? <laughs> so, hey, I'm over here, socks up, you know, sweatpants, do-rag, baby stuff, and paraphernalia all around. But it's all good because the government is taking care of your boy right now, which is not, you know, something I need. But, hey. I will enjoy enjoyables when I get the time to do so. So congratulations, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Anyways, um, but that's what's going on with me, man. Just got home yesterday, been in the hospital for like three and a half days, which was probably the most excruciating time of my life. <sighs> Feeling like a, 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 a rat in a fucking cage, man. You know, um, not to use that analogy, but, you know, you know, when you have them shits and, uh, you know, confined space, and they're just moving around like crazy, like crazy, like crazy. That's how I felt. Um, but nonetheless, gonna be back home. Gonna be back home, home here with the podcast fam. And yeah, I'm ready to chop this shit up. So hopefully, Simon's here because I got some shit to say to him. He always be starting some black on black violence early in the morning, and I take that personal, as the Michael Jordan meme would say. <laughs> But nonetheless, man, let's get it started. Enough about me. I I'm, I don't care about anything going on. I mean, I don't want to bore you guys with none of this shit I talk about for myself. So uh, Juan Carlos, I was talking to my boy out there in Nexus, see what's going on with him and everybody else that's going on with the OT, OBP fam, excuse me. But um, let's take it to Willa because he's in Texas. In Texas, as if people who are under a rock or, you know, you're just watching Bob the Builder on replay for the 50th fucking time. You really have no clue what's going on in life. But for those who don't know, Texas has been in a snowstorm. And my friend Willa, I learned he is begin to pick up the, the sport of skiing, I believe. I'm not sure, but Willa, Damon Wilson, a.k.a. Willa the King. Let's take it to you, my friend. Top of the afternoon, 11 o'clock for myself. I think it's, uh, what, 1 o'clock over there. How are you doing, my friend? It's good to hear from you, man. Oh, yes, yes. First off, let's stop the nonsense. RC is officially dead. Um, RIP to that boy. He's now a grown man. We would now call him Roy, our our, um, father Roy from now on. The real RC was born, what, three days ago? He's taking over. We got no time for guys who, uh, you know, who are out there breastfeeding their sons. We can't call a guy that breastfeeds his son 
uh, RC anymore. So, Roy, welcome. Congratulations to fatherhood. Um, I know it's going to be excellent for you. You know, no more hitting the club at 5 p.m. on a Friday. Um, you know, no more disappearing for three weeks at a time. We'll be, you know, we'll be hearing from Roy a lot. And, uh, yeah, want to say congratulations. Second off, rough week out Thank here you. in Texas. We're out here, uh, you know, we're out here in the low teens. A little snow out here in Houston, not that much. But if icy, they didn't shut down our power, doing some kind of foolery, you know, saying they couldn't control, they couldn't uh, handle how much electricity people were using. But in the winter, you use less less electricity than in the summer. And in the summer, it gets like 103 degrees out here. So, you know, it wasn't really well, making sense to me. I don't know. I don't know what the hell was going on, but it really didn't make any sense to me. You know, I wasn't looking into it too deep. But to say we didn't have, an, you know, enough electricity in the winter, you know, I look forward to the winter. That's when, you know, the electricity bills be $60. You know, in the summer, they'd be $300. So, you know, I don't know what the hell they're talking about out there. Um, but, you know, we went a couple of days, three days without electricity at the crib. But luckily, we had some good friends, good family. Um, so we were we were fine. Everything was good. Oh, back at the house now. Everything's good. We're back at, I think it's like 72 degrees out there. So, you know, went from freezing two days ago to back to 72. That's how the Texas weather does you, man. But, yeah, a bad way to start off the week. Good way to end off the week with some good boxing last night. Uh, we had the Mexican standoff. We had one of my one of my guys, Adrian Broner, make his comeback appearance. And, uh, you know, we get to talk about it, man. So, uh, yeah, glad we're out here. Glad we get to talk a little bit, you know. Glad uh, JP's back. You know, he hasn't been doing a lot of talking since the injury. <laughs> you know, but that's basketball talk. We won't talk anything about that. But <laughs> but, but since the injury, we haven't heard too much from JP on the on the text line. Been very quiet as the guys have been taking <laughs> L after L. But, you know, like I said, that's neither here nor there. Um you know, hopefully Seattle sign will join us. He ain't on now. He's been doing a lot of pocket watching this weekend, something he said he never does, a lot of tearing brothers now. So hopefully we get to talk about that, man. Uh, but overall, you know, pretty good boxing this weekend, good entertainment. You know, maybe not the best boxing on Showtime, but at least we got a good little entertainment to close the show out. I'm glad we get to talk about it, man. Glad to be back on here. Hopefully we keep it running, keep it going. Hopefully boxing got a lot for us going on uh, these next couple of weeks. So, yeah, man, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Well, let's take it to JP since Willow wanted to um, take a swing at the injury with talk, something like that. I don't know, basketball talk or whatever. But, hey, JP, I don't know what it's like out there in in Southern California, but right now the weather is absolutely beautiful over here in, in Central California. We are at a, let's see here, where are we at? Let me look this up. Fresno, California. We are at 54 degrees outside right now, but it's very sunny with a high of 64, low of 34. Beautiful day out here right now. I'm enjoying the confines right now. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I'm glad, actually, Texas is picking back up business as usual. I don't know how that happens. But, JP, what is good in Southern California, my friend? Talk to me, brother. Good morning, by the way. 
Hmm. Well, I guess JP is not around here. And just I don't know, man. Just to clarify. Yo, yo, just yo. To cla- okay, okay. And just real quick before JP speaks, just to clarify something. RC don't breastfeed. That's the woman's work. I snap my fingers like Thanos and get it popping. JP, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. How you doing, my friend? Uh, all is well, sir. All is well, man. Lots to cover. Before I uh, dive in, um, you mentioned you, you you had on a do-rag, and it just brought me back to one of my favorite rap beefs. And, and, and this guy was in a lot of rap beefs, but he never got his, his just due for, for, for really going at other guys pretty hard. He lost every rap beef. But my man Ja Rule. And he told him, and he, this is one of, my, one of the, the, my favorite lines in rap beef history when he told Eminem, hey, Em, what's the do-rag for? You never going to have waves. You know, and so, you know, R.C., same, same to you. What's the do-rag? You're never going to have waves. That's just, that's, I just loved when uh, my man dropped when he told Eminem that. But um, R.C. has come into fatherhood. Uh, the death of R.C., the birth of Roy. Um, I first like to <laughs> ask you know, the family how, how's everybody doing, and I, I and how's the Joker? How's the, the little Joker? And no offense, I call everyone's child before the age of five a little Joker. So um, I hope the little Joker's <laughs> doing good, and um, you know the family is, is 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 elated that old Roy has brought an addition to the Cirillo family, and you, you got a boy mm-hmm. in the first time out camp. So I know that got to be great, especially from a guy who has two girls. Uh, I want to hear you talk about that, though, R.C., and, and also I want to run out of you. I know um, every father does what I call the 20-minute stare. When you're sitting in that, that uh, delivery room and they give you the baby and you're sitting in the chair for the first time with the blanket and shit on your arm and you just look at the damn thing and you're looking at the little joker and you're like, God damn, this is really real. Talk about that part for a second, bro. Well, I'm going about the fatherhood route similar to Major Benson Winifred Payne. So he's called boy for me every time I see him. And the the young man has got a head full of hair. I told my girl who's around the way to to come braid him up because he came out with a head full of hair. But he's got a mean mug on him. I think it's because the baby mama was so mad at me throughout the nine months that he just naturally came with the mean mug. But, um, yeah, man, he's he's chill. He was a a handful the first day, but for the last three and a half to four days, he's been been kicking it, man. He's he's enjoying his confines, especially here at the house. He's got so much stuff on swings and shit like that. But the stare down, it looked like um, a boxing face-off, to be honest with you, because he just looked at me. And I looked at him, and he knew his life was going to change, and I knew my life was going to change. And this young man will not wear Jordan. That's one thing I tell you. We had a. I didn't want a. I didn't want a uh, uh, a baby shower and stuff like that. But acquiescing to my mother and the the mother of the child, we had one. And there's only one rule that I had for everybody who wanted to attend and and stuff like that, family and friends and all that stuff. You get whatever you want for the kid, but don't get him no Jordan stuff. Because my boy's going to know who the GOAT is, and that's LeBron James. So, he is a third. I am a, I am a second. He is a third. Therefore, he is RC3. Therefore, he will not wear any Nike 
paraphernalia. He will only wear Adidas because we are a brand as of right now. Three strike, number three, RC3, and yeah. we're a brand. I'm going LeVar Ball style. Air horns, air horns. Willa, give us something. God damn, you hear that? <laughs> Real daddy talk. I'm letting this boy know what's up from the jump. Yeah, it sounds like he's setting this guy up for failure. You know, he's going to be wearing do rags and Adidas. Next thing you know, he's going to be break dancing. Head full of hair. Daddy Yankee. Braids to the back already. <laughs> Daddy Yankee. It's cool though, man. I, I woke him up this morning because for me, he kept my ass up all night the first night he was born. So when he tries to sleep during the day, I'm opening up the blinds and say, nah, 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 wake up, boy. You want to keep me up? We we don't work on your time. We're establishing that right now. So hopefully by next year he got a job and helping me pay bills. That's right, champ. You got it all, man. That sounds amazing. But uh, <laughs> thank hey, you. I appreciate it. Remember, quit calling them RC. RC's dead. This is Roy from now on. Yeah. The death of cut RC. Cut that out. Your boy was doing. Cut that out. Your boy was doing the same thing last night that I was doing, no matter what. Because like I said, I got the woman. Snap of the fingers. Big trust, woo-woo, all that. I don't but think no, we're going to no, be no, seeing no, hot, dogs, hot dogs, Budweiser, and pistols out anymore as much. Yeah, the, well, yeah, well, <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> that's, that's definitely going to be a little bit of an adjustment <laughs> for sure. That nigga RC had a party with hot dogs and Budweiser and pistols on the table. I'm like, God damn, now that, that's, a, that's a gangster party. That's surely a I remember party. that shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> cannot confirm or deny the claim of good. one JP. But uh, hey, man, I usually come on here and brag about the weather, and uh, ironically, I, I usually talk about how strange the weather can be down there in Houston. It's come to fruition. You know, a lot of I'm in a lot of circles in life, and a lot of people call old Uncle JP a radical, crazy. Man, I've been predicting, I've been telling cats about this upcoming power outage, and it, it, it's not going to stop here. Of the last year, I was telling cats about this shit. And the main, power, the main power energy hub in the United States is in Houston, Texas, is where Enron is based, which makes it all the more, you know, strange. But nonetheless, man, if, if y'all want more. Yeah, yeah, speak on it a little bit, JP. Oh, man, well, you know, this, this is, they, they had this planned out, for a lot of the, the power, there we go, the, the, the powers that be in the world, the, 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 the Boris Johnson, that's the prime minister over there in, um, in the UK, and he's one of the leaders in, in the coronavirus stuff, and So there's two theories, and I'm not saying I apply to either, but I'm, they're just interesting, and I'll make it quick. One, um, the Great Reset. So similar to your, your laptop, your phone, at some point you need to power that shit down and then turn it back on a shutdown to refresh it, right? 
get the bugs out and have the, I guess the, I forget the word at the moment, but have things running more smoothly. And they, they theorize that that's what we all on this grid need. And in order to get that reset, you're going to have to turn shit off for a while. That's one. Uh, the other is uh, population control. So there's a lot of theory to this, but, man, they've been admittedly, it's, it's a tactic they use. It's easy to Google search. Um, weather warfare, they've been doing weather warfare. Um, that's not to mean they can directly control the weather, but sometimes they hit big, and sometimes they hit bigger than they think they're going to hit. So that what happened with Katrina wasn't really supposed to happen. They wanted to do a little something, but it went, they, you know, they couldn't control it. And then similar, so all the dudes that they flushed out of New Orleans went to Houston, and, you know, there could be a thing where they want to flush them on out of there too. But, um, but they control the weather, man. These temperatures you see in certain parts of the country shouldn't be happening. But it's that, this, that part has to go to the population control theory, and that's based around, you know, some of the powers that be, these, these top of the, the Jesuits and the, the, the world order, these type of people, <clears throat> they, they say that the world needs to sustain. It's, very, it's much like Thanos, dude, and this is probably where they get the idea of Thanos. They say the world needs to operate on 500 million people. On that number, the, we can operate off the world's natural resources, the fossil fuels. We don't have to do all these other things to sustain our existence. So a lot of what they, you know, they want to take down the population is, you know, they're doing things like this corona shit or if it's killing people with weather and relocating them and doing things like that. So that's just two of the theories, man. But uh, boxing, 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 boxing. Wonderful night of boxing, man. What's happening? Let's get to it. Oh, yeah, that's right, man. I'm with that, bro. It was a crazy night. But I'm just saying, those, those are the theories, man. I mean, if y'all want to. Talk about you know it's either yeah. any mention. I mean, if either, no, but that that power shot up coming. I, I originally predicted Arizona. Um, what's the public enemy had an album come out last year on a particular date that said that's called "What You Gonna Do When the Grid Goes Down," and it's a picture of Arizona on the cover. And, um, you know, these things are symbolic to what they plan to do, man. And that that's a fact. You go look at Public Enemy release album last year called What You're Going to Do When the Grid Goes Down. And, what uh, you going to do when the, the grid goes down? Hey, Willow, Willow oh. went to his friend's house. He, he didn't have a generator. <laughs> See, now these niggas want generators. You should have had a nigga <laughs> trying to plug their phone up to nothing. Niggas don't know yeah, how we had a generator, but it, it only it only went through the uh, it only could do the uh, the refrigerator. It couldn't do too much, so we had the generator hooked up to the refrigerator so we wouldn't lose all that food. Oh, uh, that's a good idea. See, I, them generators are expensive too. So by now, you niggas finna get resourceful. You finna get some of that uh, them propane <laughs> tanks together. You finna get them stove tops together, ain't you? You you, you finna get all the solar power shit. No, together, we got gas. So we got mm-hmm. gas, so we had a fireplace, we had a whatchamacallit, but we had no internet, or no, you know, so, we, you know, you got to make moves, though. Damn, what did y'all do? If we Talk wanted to bunker it? down, we could have been, we'd have been all right. Yeah, well, that's you know, what I'm Because tell us how you survived, Willa, because for me, I'm a, uh, look, little did you know, FYI about RC, I'm an outdoor specialist, and 
environmental survivalist at the fullest. So how did you cope with this crazy weather, William? Without internet. No, I just, went, just went to went to my friend went to some friend's house for two days, you know. Uh one of our friends the husband was out of town, so she uh, da- uh mother and the son were by themselves at the crib. They didn't have nobody over there. Uh the uh, the 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 father called me, say, hey, man, y'all ain't got no electricity. Why don't y'all just go and go to our house? We good. I was like, hell yeah, I'll go up there. That boy got the big crib, man cave. I'm in there doing my thing, just chilling, playing video games. They doing their thing, getting drunk. I'm drinking uh, 103 proof bourbon, sipping, doing my, you know, having a good time. We stayed there for two days, and I was like, all right, it's time to get out of here. Went to my parents' house. They had to... They had the internet. Well, they they had uh they didn't have electricity, but my old man he had two generators, so he had everything popping over there. That's a good man. Okay, yeah. yeah so pop, we went pop, over there. Pop, yeah. yeah, so we did. Yeah, we was over there, man. Yeah. I mean, it sounded crazy because we've had uh, cold weather down here before. This ain't the first time we've had a freeze. Ain't no, you know, the weather ain't crazy. It's just that they acting like they didn't have no electricity, which is weird. And all we so be using Uh, I think they said it was the coldest it's been, but I mean, what's that? Once it gets past freezing, what's the difference? Did you? Did you? Did you? I'm asked the question. I'm asked the question. I'm asked the question that's on everybody's mind. Did you have your snuggie on, Willa? No, no, no. I had some long johns on, dog. Long johns in the uh in the, in the suit. But when we were in the house, I was. I was uh, shorts and flip flops, dog. Like ain't nothing was going on, you know. But outside, oh, he's a man. Mad. He's a manly man, huh? No, no. I mean, they had heat at the house, dog. Willa didn't have no survival yeah. skills. Oh no, I don't know. No, no. Yeah, yeah, he ain't have no idea what he needed to get. JP. <laughs> don't know how to shoot an animal. Nothing. Don't know how to shoot <laughs> nothing. Of animal murder, dog. <laughs> Not in all that. That nigga dog. can't make a fire. Ain't got no. Oh, I can make a fire. Nothing. I can well, make, a fire. make a we fire with two chopsticks. Lighter fuel shit. fluid. Lighter fluid <laughs> and a lighter, dog. It's 2021. <laughs> oh, you keep keep you a lighter around. You good? That nigga, you ain't got no extra water at the house. Nothing doing. Y'all bet your no, ass no, gonna get it now. We always got water, dog. We keep water, but yeah, you know they got the water boiled down here too. People gotta boil their water. Didn't Willis say that he was using the generator for a Wi-Fi connection and two air fryers or something like that? That's what yeah, that's all he was doing. Yeah, that, was was up to the generator. that nigga <laughs> yeah. used the whole generator power to be on Twitter and shit. Yeah, but it, the, the generator <laughs> was too phone. small for, for two, <laughs> nigga, for two you, air fryers. So once I turned that second air fryer right on, it died. I had to tweet. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, man. Well, hey, shout out to y'all, man. That's tough. I hope I don't have to go through that shit. Yeah, I hope Texas is good, man. I hope you guys are good. Uh, but let's get to the fight that happened this weekend, man. Oscar Valdez, Miguel Burchett. How many times I told you guys that Burchett had some woman in him, and we seen it come to a rise yesterday. Oscar Valdez put some work on that boy. Sleep, sleep, easy work, all that good stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't that, I wasn't surprised at all. It was uh, something I've been expecting for a while, and it came to fruition, as I said earlier in the infamous group message. It will be shown live in 4K. 
And I really don't have too much to say about it because I've been expecting this for quite some time. So, Willow, why don't you break down the fight? Because for me, easy work. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Now, if one, if you've been listening to the show, you know that me and JP have been fans of Oscar Valdez for, uh, for the last couple of years. JP's been wondering why he isn't a bigger name in the Mexican uh, community, uh, while guys like uh, RC's been tearing him down. So it's funny how all of a sudden he's a fan of Oscar Valdez. But, you know, we're not going to go there. Um, Valdez is a guy who showed heart <laughs> many, many times before. And I thought going into this fight, this was a fight that he was going to have to show a lot of heart. I thought this was going to prove that he was a true Mexican warrior. I thought this was going to be the Mexican standoff of all Mexican standoff. And I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Now, I had, you know, I had Valdez winning the fight. I think he, you know, I always thought he was a better boxer. I thought he was faster, quicker. I just thought he was going to be too, he was going to be small and he might, you know, take a beating in there. And I was definitely wrong. It was only one round that he got ragged all around. Uh, around. Um, I think that was maybe the seventh or eighth round uh, where it looked like he was sort of tiring down. And I even told RC, uh-oh, it might be over for, for this guy, man. He he tried. He tried his hardest. But, you know, it looked like Burchell was coming off. But that left hook, you know, he made him do the stanky leg. And I think at round four, hit him with that left hook, top of the temple. Um, Burchell never was the same after that. He was, Burchell looked a little slow. You know, you could tell him that the way in that he was sort of weight drained. I don't know if that had a lot to do with it. Um, but, you know, Valdez didn't have to show too much heart at all. He didn't have to show too much of a chin. He might have got caught two or three times uh, flush. But it, besides that, man, he put on a box, boxing lesson, you know. This is one of those lessons like um, uh, Santa Cruz put on, put on uh, Frampton in that second fight. This was one of those boxing lessons like, you know, Canelo does every single time he goes out there. You know, uh, Eddie Reynosa, this is one of those boxing lessons like uh, like Ryan Garcia gave uh, gave old boy, uh, who was it, Warrington or Taylor? It was one of those, one of those U.K. guys this, not too long ago, man. So we're looking at Eddie Reynosa teaching these young men how to fight, how to box, showing them defense, showing them how to take their time. This guy um, Valdez man, man, you know, uh, switching the switching the uh, southpaw, hitting him with the right hook. You know he was hitting him with the left hook all day. Then at the end of the night, he's hitting him with the right uh, the right lead hand hook from southpaw. Valdez put on a boxing lesson, man. Um, you know I'm proud of that guy. You know he sort of rubbed me the wrong way when he slept Burchell, which that was a super sleepage. You know it was scary. That boy wasn't moving for a little bit. And he was still screaming and hollering and hugging, you know. In 2021, you got to show a little more, uh, a little more um, respect um, towards a guy who's getting slept. When you know, not too long ago, we had lost three guys in the year uh, in boxing, man. So you know, he sort of got a little bad taste in my mouth with that. But you know, I'm gonna let that slide this time. And uh, you know, he did a great job, a plus effort, boxing lesson to Burchell. Burchell, like I said, he did look weight drained. He did look super slow in there. He's always he's always in there slow, but he looked a little super slow. He didn't get started until the sixth, seventh round after he got uh after he got almost dropped in the fourth. Um then he went to sleep, man. 
he got it. He stuck, he was the one that got it beat, and he got beat bad. And I thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought Valdez was going to pull it out, but he was going to catch a beating. But you know, it was damn near almost easy work. It was easier work than um than that Ward um Andre Andre Ward Kovalev fight number two. You know, that's where you know yeah. the almost easy work statement came from. This wasn't almost easy work. This was damn near easy work. So, you know, shout out uh-huh. to Valdez, man. New WBC champion. He did his thing. Um, and we'll see what, how much more we'll see from him. And uh, he's going to be a champion for a long time, man. That boy's legit. Well, I don't know about a long time, but he did say afterwards that he's, you know, down to get up with Shakur Stevenson. And I don't know who Shakur Stevenson fans – well, I don't know how many people would – you know, buying to Shakur Stevenson, putting some work on Valdez. I think it might be a possibility, but that's a discussion for another day. I'm going to let the man enjoy his W because he was an underdog, and a lot of people didn't think that he was going to be able to pull this fight off. For me, I looked at it as I put on Twitter, um, tall task, but I got Valdez, man, because I've been saying for a long time, like I told Seattle Times, pocket-watching ass, on every archive we have available with Miguel Burchelt, I've said, since he fought Takashi Miura, I've seen this in him where this was going to happen. I've been waiting for it. And sure, he beats up guys like Francisco Vargas, El Bandido. Like, and I get proven wrong according to haters. But when you fight bums like Francisco Vargas, you know, things like that's going to happen. Whatever. But I've been waiting for this day for a very long time, but not necessarily on pins and needles waiting, just like, eh, it'll happen when it happens, no big deal. And Burchell, I knew it was going to come to fruition one day, and it did. And I'm glad it happened to one of my guys in boxing, uh, Oscar Valdez. Love that guy, the Steve Irwin of boxing. You know, he's got his whole little zoo at his house, swims with his crocodile, all that good shit. I love, I love Oscar Valdez. That's my guy, man. So I was happy to see that happen. Mm. To me, it seemed, it seemed like... Yeah, look up the archives. It's there. Archives is there for a reason. Oscar Valdez has always been my guy. And, you know, Bert Schell, I'm not going to repeat what I said in the infamous group message because that just wouldn't be professional of me. But I will say that um, the dude obviously got heart, and he was fighting on that heart um, after the, what, third or fourth round when he got stunned pretty bad and had the Bambi legs going on. He picked up his legs back, but he was just fighting on pure instinct. I felt like he was fighting concussed um, midway through for as long as he survived. Yeah, man, it was looking pretty bad yesterday. I felt bad for Burchell, but at the same time, I was like, you know what, I, I kind of expected this to happen, but I can still give him some respect for him being able to hang in as long as he did. How could you not, you know? you just be a hater if you're going to ignore that. And I'm not a hater on him like that. I just, you know, call it how I see it. The spades is spades. The sky is blue. Water is wet. But, um, JP, what was your thoughts on this fight yesterday? Because um, we had a lot of boxing going on yesterday. And I was, I was like, I was really, really chilling with a big smile on my face watching it all, especially when I seen Oscar Valdez close the show with that overhand left hook that just, just shocked the entire division right. of the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, the curious case of Oscar Valdez, and I don't think it's um, like Willow was saying earlier. Um, we've been wondering why Valdez just 
hasn't seen the cop mainstream attention from the Mexican fan base, at least in, in, from what I can see as I survey the landscape, right? Um, and even going into the fight, they were talking about how the, the president of Mexico had contacted Burchell, <clears throat> how Julio Cesar Chavez had picked Burchell. <clears throat> and I think overwhelmingly, you know, most of us were picking Burchell. Um, and I don't know why, and I've always given Valdez his kudos because this guy has shown true grit, um, Gotti style to some degree, but with skill and still an undefeated fighter. And um, just like people just haven't gravitated towards him for whatever reason, he has a friendly fight style. What, what, what's the problem here? But uh, going into this fight myself, with all that said, I said, you know, Brigel is just this machine. He's bigger, you know, he's he's a machine. But um, Oscar Valdez, man, sharp as a heart. And this was supposed to be a, a Mexican-style showdown where we, we thought it was just going to be a blood fest and all that. But what um, Oscar Valdez was able to do is show a wrinkle or, or a tool in the toolkit that I didn't really know he had and was able to show that slick black fight style, pot shotting a lot there. And uh, – off the jab, in and out, sliding side to side. I mean, the defense was – I mean, the defense, Oscar Valdez's defense. Now, Miguel Burchell, he showed up. He showed up somewhat. Now, it's easy to speculate he was weight-drained, right? Because if a dude put on 16 goddamn pounds after the uh-huh. weight, that would, that would lend itself to saying, like, yeah, you had to fucking rehydrate that much, dude. You probably were weight drained then. So that might be something they might need to look at. But that doesn't mean that um, Miguel Burchell didn't show up because he was out there winging shots even when he was hurt. Now, it's more to dig into as far as him being hurt in his defense. Now, his head seems to have steel in it. I mean, he was just, he was just bouncing shots off the man's head all night long. So – but Oscar Valdez showed up was sharp as a heart. The defense, the 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 ability to punch, slide out to the left or the right, um, ducking under shots, uh, weaving shoulder. He was he was pulling out the whole bag on on the defensive skill. The the boxing was on display. The discipline was on display. You know you really um, he had to be sharp. You know because Gil Merchelt does throw a lot of punches. So he was sharp, dude, and, and disciplined to the game plan. He didn't want to really get in there and just go into a slugfest. That wouldn't have probably been advantageous for him. But how he decided to fight that fight, <clears throat> kind of pot-shotting, getting in, getting out, you know, once he heard him. He didn't get overly aggressive. You know, now kudos to Miguel take a shot, man. And he could take multiple plethora of shots. Um, but – Transitioning into him taking shots like our C said, man, midway through that thing, if we could see it on, on through the television screen, they could see it there. In about the eighth, ninth round, I said, you know, he needs a knockout. All it looks like is coming is a big fucking knockout to me because he's still woozy. He's been taking yep. Sunday punches to the head all night. Oscar Valdez is obviously locked in. I don't think he's going to slip up. After that second or third knockdown, man, and, and late in that fight, 
the fight should have been stopped. I have talked about this on, on Outsiders Podcast before. I think ESPN has a track record of this now. I know we've seen Baranchek, and I can't remember the ones before that, and it was a couple of times where these dudes are damn near dying on our television screen. And ESPN is just too fucking greedy for me when these dudes are clearly hurt. Now, we don't like Kenny Bayless, right? Kenny Bayless won't even let your ass uh, do any If somebody land two flush punches, you won't respond. Kenny Bayless jumping in there. But these on these ESPN cards, man, if, if we go back, we're able to go. I remember Baranchek. It was, some, it was some other ones that I was complaining about. I just can't remember it right now. And last night, I felt they got greedy. They should have stopped that goddamn fight. Then that dude sustained more head trauma than he should have. And then all it was leading up to was what it ended up happening. And I thought it was disgusting. And they really need to evaluate, reevaluate how they doing that shit, man. Because somebody, I, it's terrible to see that shit. And nobody needs to die on TV, man. One of these times, somebody's gonna die. So, um, shout out to um, Valdez. He he fought his ass off, had a probably a fight of the year type of performance. Um, pulled out some tools in the toolkit that we didn't know he had. And I think he gives Shakur or anybody around there a hell of a fight. Because I don't know if you can knock him out. And if you can't, you're going to have to fucking fight. Or you're going to have to be hella sharp or something. So I look forward to seeing what Oscar Valdez does in the future. And hopefully his, his, his notoriety's popularity picks up. Yeah, I can't I can't um, disagree with the whole lot. Um, once once uh, Valdez had got him hurt and he started falling on the ropes and, and was barely able to stand there was a part of me that said they should stop the fight. But at the same time, I was like, okay, well, I understand if the referee's going to let him continue because he's the champion and you got to let him continue a little bit. But, yeah, Burchell was uh, – he, uh, he was on idle, man, for a lot of that fight, dude. He was just, you know, going off pure instinct, and that's why I give him credit because there was moments he got hit with that same hook, but he was, you know, he was able to keep going forward. But after a certain amount of time, man, Valdez, you know, you don't have to be – the sharpest but pro that, to be to be able to have fun with the guys who's coming forward like that. They gotta they gotta really take a look at even if a guy may not be like physically showing that he's hurt, you have to evaluate just how many shots he's taking though. Like, look, man, it's the tenth round. You've been doing nothing but taking shots. Yeah, you still might kind of be here, but we have to look out for your health. Your ass. Is, uh, to your own detriment at some point. And that's the part I don't think they're good at. Yeah, I'm with you. There's just a lot of inconsistencies throughout the entirety of boxing, depending on where they're at. You know, if the fight was um, in New York or something like that, they probably would have stopped it early. In the U.K., they definitely would have stopped it early. California, they probably would have let it go. You know, um, it was in Vegas in the bubble, which they said was the last fight, so um, you know, it's it's different strokes for different uh, uh, arenas, I guess you could say. But, um, dude, hell of a performance, though, for Oscar Valdez, man. Um, if we do look ahead for a second, I'll start with Will on this one. How do you feel about early takes for how Valdez would fare against a young guy like Shakur Stevenson, who hasn't been there yet with the top comp? Is this a little too soon or a dangerous fight for Valdez? Man, oh. Uh... 
I mean, it's hard to tell. Like you said, Shakur Stevenson, although he looks like the premier guy, like he looks like he's the next big thing. Um, Valdez is proven. He's a proven warrior, man. And you get these guys, you know, you get these young guys in here with the with the proven beast like that, and you never know what's going to happen. If I'm Shakur, you know, do I want to see that fight? Definitely. Um, but I'm not sure. If I'm Shakur, I might uh, fight uh, Flores Jr. first. I'm not, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going for Valdez right uh, right now. But I think Shakur does he have a belt at 130? Or no, I don't think he has a belt at 130. Um. I, yeah, I don't believe so. Was. Yeah, I think he had a a fake belt at one tw- at one at, at at the lighter weight, but at featherweight maybe. So at one thirty. Yeah, they, they you know, have, I don't they know. Got you that know, fruit roll up belt. Yeah, you know, I think uh, JoJo Diaz. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I know. I know Flores is in that in in that uh, division. Also, he looks good. Him Shakur, maybe they shouldn't fight because they're both young. They probably that's probably something that needs to build up for a little bit. But I don't really, I I don't know if I want to see that fight. You know, I'm not gonna lie to you. It would be a good fight. I'll watch it. I think I'd be excited for it. But that's not something that I definitely will want to see. I don't want to see it. You know, I think Shakur Stevenson needs a little more seasoning. But then again, who knows? Because he he seems like he has elite skills, but he's fought nobody. So you know. Beating the shit out of uh, beating the shit out of um, my Barchelt like Valdez did, man, is proving that he's he's the number one dude in one thirty. I don't know if um, Javante Davis. I think he has a belt at one thirty. I think. Yeah, uh, Javante Davis. Uh, Javante Davis. Um, wait, who, who we got? Herring. Javante. I know Herring. Javante Javante Davis. Davis. And then somebody else has the the, the WB WBO is Dave. I'm looking it up right now. So who has the? So maybe there's a there's WBC was Rachel Des Valdez. WBA is David. Um, WBO is Perry. So the other one, the IBF. Somebody has the IBF somewhere. I don't know who does. It doesn't say. So maybe that's all. Uh, yeah, if I was if I was any of those guys, I'd go with Jamel Herring. No disrespect, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's who that's who Flores said he wanted. He wanted the winner out of Jamel Herring and whoever he's about to fight next. Smart uh, kid. Yeah. So yeah, I, this this weight division it looks ain't really that popping. You know, you had Burchell, he's done. He might be washed forever, and he, or even if he ain't washed forever, he's gonna have to go up to lightweight. He's gonna have to go up to one thirty five. Um you know, you got Heron, Davis, Jojo Diaz. Oh yeah, Jojo has the other belt, don't he? He beat um Tevin Farmer. So Jojo has the other belt. I don't know why they're not showing it. But yeah, Jojo Diaz has the, the IBF belt. Um that would be a good fight, uh, for Valdez. Another uh, Mexican standoff. Jojo is a guy who's um you know, who's a warrior in there. Who showed his? He had different type of skills against Tevin Farmer. Switched the game up. So yeah, man. Um, I don't want to see him against Shakur, but Shakur says he wants it. I, I'm there for it. I don't want to see it, but I'm here for it. However crazy that sounds, I'll be excited for it. I watch it. I want to talk about it. But if I'm Shakur Stevenson's guys, I don't want to see that fight right now, especially off this momentum. 
uh, Valdez trying to prove that he's one of the great Mexicans of all time and is a 21-year-old kid ready for one of the great Mexican boxers of all time. Who knows? It's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, Gavante, That's true. is Gavante at 130 or 135? I think he's at both. So yeah, he, he he's, he's got to be in between both. <laughs> Shit, I would love Davis Valdez. But that would yeah. be a tough fight for Gavante, I bet. That sounds like a a, a bomb-filled fight, man, with these two guys, the way they're, they're throwing punches. I'd love to see that shit, too. Yeah, you know, David right, you know. best probably waxes Valdez if we, if we keep it real. If we keep it 100% right. real, he's faster, he's stronger, and he's bigger. You know, Burchelt was bigger and stronger, but way it wasn't even close to the speed. Uh, Davis is probably faster than the, um, than Valdez. He's going to be bigger than Valdez. He's going to be stronger than Valdez. So, you know, ain't going to be too much Valdez could do. That's why, you know, he needs to be fighting. Davis needs to be fighting these bigger guys. Well, it's, a, it's something we can speculate on for the time being. I'm looking forward to it, but moving along. We got time coming on the show within about 15, 10 minutes or so. Who knows what he's up to right now? Probably sneaking his, his eyes over someone's bank account, but neither here nor there. Let's take it to Adrian Bronner. Finally, we got some Adrian Bronner news where he's actually fighting instead of in, uh, you know, um, Daniel Bregoli's direct messages or or having himself some trouble Which is reasonable. outside of Boston. And all that good, well, yeah. I, <laughs> wow. Hey, but really, though, I'm happy to hear some Adrian Broner news when it's inside the ring. Good for him. Had himself a fight yesterday against who's Santiago. I keep calling him who's because he's a guy that who cares about. Nothing special. Broner, fight scheduled to be at 140. Um, had to sacrifice a little bit of bread for Santiago just to be able to get the fight at 146 on agreement because he wasn't able to make weight. We've heard that story before. Nonetheless, Adrian Broder got in there, and the scoring, um, I think Willa mentioned it or someone mentioned it about how the Showtime commentary was like sounding like they're ready to get rid of this guy. Putting Santiago over the mountain, the way they're talking about him. I was looking at this fight like, yeah, the punch output, was definitely favoring Santiago. Santiago was landing the punches that you can consider a fly buzzing around your face. Like, yeah, get out of here, get out of here, stop that. Uh, but the buzzing factor obviously favored Adrian Bronner. Santiago's face told a story of disappointment and, and you know, heartbreak for himself. But Adrian Bronner, business as usual. Dude didn't have any scuffs on his face or nothing. Took care of business. And I was wondering who Adrian Bronner was talking shit to on the side because he was, you know, pop shot in Santiago, moving around the ring, and looking like he was doing his uh, talking shit to Pauly Malignaggi that he's done before. Adrian Bronner's fought dudes where he's talking shit and commentating basically a tall fight. And he was talking to someone. I was like, is that Santiago's trainer or, or what's going on? But he mentioned it after the fight and said that he was speaking to Steve Farhood when he seen his scorecard because going into the eighth round, I believe, uh, they had Santiago up by two rounds. Farhood did. So Bronner, during his fight, 
was able to catch Steve Farhood's scorecard on one of the monitors or, or one of the screens. It might have been, you know, a 32 Vizio. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, Bronner seen it. And he was saying something to Farhood. And after the fight, during his interview, he said, fuck Steve Farhood. You know, like, straight up. And I like that because Steve Farhood's scorecards have notoriously been a joke for a very long time. Um, ever since we lost the, the great Letterman scorecard that we've been so accustomed to over and all that good stuff. So, um, Adrian Bronner, easy work. Was it a boring fight? Sure. But Adrian Bronner, easy pickup, man. Unanimous decision, and I couldn't agree with it anymore. Um, he said for Al Heyman and Steven Espinosa, keep him in the ring. And guys like Santiago probably wouldn't go 12 rounds if Adrian Bronner is busy. It's his first win since 2017. Guy took two years off. Um, so I'm glad to have Adrian Bronner back. I'm glad to hear the shit talking that he did, and I'm glad that he picked up a W because he wants to fight two more times in 2021. So, uh, Willow, you're great on Bronner's performance and your thoughts on the antics afterwards. All right, man. So, you know, I'm going to keep it real. Broner's one of my guys. I always support him. I think he's good for boxing. I like what he does. I had him, when watching the fight, I had him losing the fight. You know, it's no, it's no doubt about it. Body work counts, and his body was getting, his body was getting beat. Now, he won, it was close. You know, I had it, I had it pretty much tied going into the last round, just like Farhood had it. Whoever, Whoever was going to win the last round was going to win the fight. And Santiago wanted it more. And I think he won the fight, man. I think he edged it. You know, it was close. It was a close fight. But I think he won the fight. Um, Scorecards were sort of ridiculous to me. Um, You know, it is what it is. I was sort of, you know, sort of soured. Now, now let me – that's just how I felt about the fight. Now, a little more detail. Going – into the first six round, I'm watching it, and I'm like, what the hell is Adrian Broner doing? He looks like the same old A.B. He's throwing nine punches around, ten punches around. He, You know, Santiago isn't really hitting him that much, but he's doing a lot of body work. He's winning these rounds. You know, Broner might have got one or two of the early, uh, of the first seven rounds or so. Um, then he started picking it up, started looking, you know, Bronery. Um Throwing a lot combination. Not to cut you off, Willow, but he did stun him, I think, in that eighth round or something with a check left hook where Santiago's yeah. glove almost touched the ground, which would have been a knockdown. Bronner's right, not picking, right. up, he, picking so, it up after that. Right. Yeah, he started picking up most definitely. So he was winning the second part of the, uh, of the fight. And I was like, okay, here goes the Broner. I like to see. Looks like he's about to pull it out. You know, man ain't fought in. Fought in Two years going up against a good guy, I'll get you know he pulls this one off. It is what it is. This isn't really a showcase. This is a comeback. Two different things, you know. So I, I'm a different different grading scale. I'm looking at it. He comes out the uh, the twelfth round. He does the same old thing now. So so I'm not feeling that good about Broner, but the way the commentary was doing it. You know, it had it where, you know, I still wanted to fight for for a brother out there getting down talk by, um, I forgot, I don't know who it was. I know uh, Mora, uh, Mora was on there. Not Mora. Uh, what's the guy's name? Mora Ronaldo. Mora Ronaldo. That guy's hair was looking ridiculous, too. 
You see that yeah, shit? The, the Mexican guy, the crazy looking Mexican guy. I didn't see him, but then who was the boxer? Abner the boxer was uh, Mares. Yeah, Mares. Mares yep. was trying to keep it, trying to keep it um, neutral, but he couldn't. And then the other guy, they were just, you know, they're like, oh, Adrian Broner says he's gonna look different. We've heard that before. Ha ha ha. You know, they're taking a lot of shots, and it's like, you know, you, this is the guy on your boxing thing that you're supposed to be. You know, you're not supposed to be down talking them like they do so it seemed like they wanted them out of there so I had a little bad taste in my mouth about that so when I went into you know after the fight Broner said he thought he won we already we knew that you know because like like it goes with Broner he feels that he didn't really get touched he walked out unscratched even though his body was getting touched we can't we can't deny that but as far as his face he wasn't really getting uh, touched up he thought he he put on a boxing lesson, whatever, you know, it, it's Broner, it is what it is. But, you know, the Showtime announcers had me had a bad taste in my mouth also. So I'm going into it afterward thinking, all right, Broner, you know, I don't know about this guy. I got to see a little more. Um, you know, he might be losing me. You know, I say that all the time with Broner. He's probably lost me 80 times, but I always seem to come back. <laughs> and like you said, after the, you know, when he came in there and he said, hey, fuck Steve Farhood. You know, he gave the little speech at the end uh, to to uh, to the to Black Guy on Showtime, whatever his name is. He gave his little speech at the end to him, and then you know he won me back over. Adrian Broner is what we need in boxing. You know, we need bad guys. We need guys that's talking noise. You know, him similar to a Kovalev. Even though you know I felt Kovalev was a racist, I wouldn't want to hang with him. I don't really like him. I think guys like that are needed in boxing, make boxing a better sport. And I think that's uh, Adrian Broner. You know, is one of those guys. Did he win the fight? To me, no. He could have won, you know, around by a round or so, not one seventeen, one eleven, or whatever the hell that you know they were. It was a little, a little outlandish. But you know, it is what it is in boxing. Broner, what what I would say is he didn't seem like he was getting tired. But why would you get tired if you're only throwing twenty punches around? But you know, he sort of looked fresh in that eleventh. You know, he still looked good going into the 12th. He just didn't fight in the 12th. Um, you know, Broner is somebody I want to see, only at 140. You know, this 146 stuff ain't cutting it. He can't do nothing at 147. All those guys will probably will, will embarrass him. You know, he can get out there at 140 and maybe contend, you know. I don't know if he's beating any of the 140 champions. Who, um, who is that, Tiafimo and those guys? Um, no, that's 135. Uh, no, 140. So, we're talking about uh, we're talking about uh, uh, Jose Ramirez. Jose and, Ramirez, Josh yeah, and uh, the two, the two champs. Yeah. So, so yeah, he'll have no, he'll have a better chance with those guys. You know, he ain't beating Tia Fimo, Those guys at 135, but Josh Taylor, uh, Ramirez. You know, he'll have a, a a better time. I'm not saying he'll be able to beat him, but he'll have a better time with them than that uh, those other guys. So yeah, I uh. You know, Broner, I want to see what he's got, man. Like you said, he was a little a little rusty in there. And, you know, you got to give a guy, when, you, when you're when coming in rusty, it is what it is. Uh, I'll give him a C, C, yeah, just a plain C. He got a 75. C right on the dot, you know. I need to see more. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. He passed, barely, and only because of the – only because of the uh, post-fight interview is what all the reason he passed. But he passed, so we'll see what's going on with the next fight. 
He ain't ready for nobody. He ain't ready for pro grades. He ain't ready for any big dogs yet. He needs to fight another guy where he can get his timing back and he can give us 12 rounds of the same A-B that we got rounds uh, 7 through 11. And he'll be all right. Yeah, I'm with that, man. I'm with you. I feel you. Um, I disagree with the out- uh, outcome of the fight thought that you had because I thought, it, you know, he just took care of business. And, and 116, 112 is kind of the way I looked at it. But I will say this before I get to JT. It was just when I was watching the fight, as soon as about the fight ended, I think I was in about the fifth round or sixth round when Bronner was in there. I just looked at it like, damn. This guy was on top of the boxing world not too long ago, and here he is fighting who's Santiago in 2021, where he's, you know, I think uh, 33 years of age, somewhere around there. So I'm like, man, what a fall from grace. And if he doesn't pick up his business right now, it's going to be a, a damn shame in the end of a man's career to lose to who's Santiago. Just from what we've seen Adrian Broner before in big fights with guys like Sean Porter and shit like that. So, we're fighting who's Santiago on the you know back half of a of a of the B card of a fight card weekend to the A card Valdez Burchell. It just felt kind of weird. I was like, man, because the product was better on ESPN, even though they did have the stupid flashes and polka dots compared to Showtime. Like I said, Showtime probably had some Vizios out there for their screen, but um, you know, I mean, hey, Broner's a sideshow at this point. Uh, JP sent us a message from a quote he said yesterday in our group message, which I'll repeat on quote. He said, I ain't going to lie. For the rest of the weekend, we're going to pop bottles, cash checks, and have sex. But on Monday, it's back to kicking ass and hitting bags. That's Adrian Broner, man. There's <laughs> there's no in-between with the guy. It's either hard left or that hard right. That sounds good. You know, the, That's what he should do. Well, <laughs> you know. I mean, he also said that he I wasn't mean, guy, doing any of that during the whole during the whole camp. So he wants to let loose for a little bit. I think that you know ain't nothing wrong with that at all. You believe that? Let him make way. I don't believe he he was straight throughout the whole camp, and I like Brunner. <laughs> There's a reason he didn't make weight. <laughs> yeah, who knows what's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, ha- you're right, but he didn't. But he was. But he didn't look like he was out of shape. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he didn't make weight, but he also didn't look like he was out of shape out there. Yeah, but at one point, I, I, put this, I, put this, I put this on Twitter, too, because, you know me, I'm a Broner fan, but at the same time, if you don't care, I don't care. That's why Broner was on the small TV, and Burchell Valdez was on the big TV, because if Broner don't care, I really lost, I lost interest when he didn't make weight. And like, here we go again, you know, like, I... No, I feel you. But, but I, but I still, I still rock with the guy though, man. You know, like he's still a cool dude, and and I like the guy. So I, I, I got a soft spot for Broner, like a lot of us do. But I know JP don't have no damn soft spot for Broner. He's gonna keep it as real as possible. So JP, I want to know your thoughts on the the outcome of the fight as far as Broner getting a a unanimous decision. Some cards were one sixteen, one twelve, one to seventeen. Like yo, oh, whoa, oh, oh. but. A lot of people thought it was closer than that. Not me, but um, your thoughts on the fight that Broner had yesterday, and is he a sideshow moving forward? Because I don't think he wants smoke with any of the top contenders. Um, the, how the fight was judged, it depends on how you look at a fight. 
I think Boner had the, the cleaner work of the two, but uh, Santiago definitely out-hustled and got off more shots. So it depends on, you know, that's always um, a, a pick in a fight like that where a guy is hustling and working more, but another guy is getting off more work. So, it's, you know, so it depends on what you favor there. Me personally, I, I like the cleaner work. Um, but that still don't mean I could feel like Broner won that fight. That was a really close fight, man. And I, I was fair with the Steve Far, Farhood notion of whoever wins this 12th round wins the fight. I was okay with that. And I, I'll start there and, and just go with the cons. Con, you know, and starting there, Broner, uh, you know, Broner could have salvaged the night to me because he did pick up some and start looking, like Willis said, more Bronery in the second half of the fight. And if he could have, you, you got to sense the moment, man. That's all we needed from him. And this is the the biggest con I took away. You could have salvaged that night and gave us them old fireworks. You know, even when he was on his downslide, every now and again he'll get that old, ha, 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 you know, he'll, that, now that's one thing the nigga was doing all night, just ha, 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 just. All that shit, all every single punchy through, he did that. Um, mm-hmm. You just notice with, with those yappers, they never hit hard. But um, you know, he 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 just didn't sense the moment in that twelfth round and just go balls to the wall. Give us something, baby. Give us something, and he didn't give us nothing. Um, and and, and probably lost the twelfth round. Um, of course, still his hands are too cuffed. It's going to be something if they ever want to get him back to any elite level, they got to figure out for him to transition from defense to offense better. Because for him, the problem has been the whole time, he's one or the other. There's no in-between. Now, he does have some counter ability, but his only counter is the check left. But he tries to lean. Every time you ever really seen him get caught, He's leaning back thinking he's avoiding the shot. He doesn't move his feet. He doesn't move his head. It's just a lean back. Now, he he could get away with this somewhat with Santiago, but against the elites, he won't get away with it. And um, he'll try to catch you with that check left, but aside from that, he really don't have nothing. He likes to tie up, get you in close, and and then he'll try to get off some some fancy work. But if he's mid-range or long distance, He's really limited. I mean, his jab can go away at a moment's instance. Yeah, he started flashing the jab against this guy last night. But um, Santiago was a 140-pound guy. You know, this was not – even though this fight was sanctioned at a higher weight, he was uh, he was still a smaller guy. You know, Broner didn't make the weight. Um, I don't feel he still has the same problem he's always had, transitioning from that defense to offense. And then getting out the way of, of work. You can't just stay there in a high guard and absorb work. Yes, he, um, you know, Broner, we, we say the guy's a tough dude. And he, and he seems to know how to shell up, take, take your, your shots, and then, you know, after you're done, he'll start a little bit. That's the Adrian Broner we, we've come to know. And we've seen that last night against a lower-level guy. That's the cons. Pros, pros. Now, this is kind of contradictory everything I just said. Um, One thing Adrian Broner kept reiterating throughout the late rounds is that I'm sharp, I'm sharp. And this was him 
trumping his performance in any way. It wasn't that he was dominant, but I could say for Adrian Broner, he was sharp. And sharpen is not in the sense of sharp work. I think he was sharp mentally. And that's good to see. That was really good for me to pick up on that, okay, he's sharp mentally in this fight. He's engaged. Um, he's, he's not fatiguing mentally. He's talking around the ring. He's, you know, he's engaged mentally. So that, to me, is a really good sign. Um, he looked well-conditioned. He didn't seem to his, uh, fall off towards the 12th round or anything, even though he wasn't doing that much work like that. But, you know, he was still strong physically and into it mentally. Those were some good things to see. Uh, to me, it could be a um, Adrian Broner could have just turned into a man for all we know, man. This guy is 33 or whatever it is, or 32, whatever it is. And 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 there's a part of me that still wants to hold out hope. Got off to a shaky start. Some people get way too much too soon, and that was, could have been a, a case for a guy like Adrian Broner. And uh, there got humbled, humbled, humbled. And uh, now we could take boxing seriously for probably the first time in forever. And if Adrian Broner could ever make that 140, I think he's he's still strong. You know, he's strong. He's not hitting that hard, but he's still strong bodily. And I think at 140, he could, you know, if he keeps on this path, his eyes looked good to me. You know, they were, they were clear white. You know, I didn't see no liquor in them. You know, I didn't see that cognac eye. You know, like Terrence Crawford, Mama got he, his eyes wasn't that color, but um, <laughs> but you know, so AB looked the sharp yeah, the, 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 the Michael Jordan eyes. Yeah, he, he she didn't have the Jordan. That nigga didn't have no Jordan eyes. But um, I'm excited uh, to 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 see if AB could continue to continue this path. And there's definitely money in the in the horizon if AB could get. Um, a little step up in the next fight, and then somebody, some of something, something, we easily got a Mikey Garcia fight again. You know what I mean? And this guy, is he's box office. He just needs to back it up. And I think with some focus, and if he can get to 140, man, and I think he can. I think he can. It's just all about his mental, what he wants to do. And, um, and if he could, I, I still think there's a shot for AB to return. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. It, it's, it's a never-ending story for, I mean, since he bursted on the scene um, with Polly Malinaji, which seemed like forever ago, to where we're still saying the same shit about Bronner. It's, it's either he ain't doing enough, and when he does it, he ain't, you know, let your hands go, all that same shit that we said about Adrian Bronner. But he did have the nerve to speak on uh, Espinoza and Al Heyman yesterday, which is, is something different because normally everybody else always says before their speech, oh, first of all, I want to thank Al Heyman. Adrian Brunner said, Al Heyman and Espinoza, why don't y'all keep me busy? Keep me in the ring so I don't have none of this foolishness outside the ring and guys like Santiago might not last if I'm acting. Um, kind of some big words by Brunner right there, but we all love him for that kind of shit. He's always outspoken and speaks his mind. But, um, yeah, I don't know if he can – I don't know what, what the hell he's going to do moving forward, man. You never know what this guy. All I know is I'm glad to see him in the ring and um, glad to see, you know, uh, an original personality, not something that's forced by, you know, some some almost foolery where it's just choreographed. 
and I don't like that kind of shit. But Broner, it's never a dull moment whenever he's in the ring or on the mic outside the ring. So hopefully we can see some more of this guy. Um, moving forward, man, I'm really looking forward to it. I wish Simon's here so we could break down this man's he is. crazy talk. Oh, he is? Yeah, I think we got the peeper on. Okay, let's take it to Seattle Sim. I'm sure he's shaking his head listening to us and saying you guys got some binoculars out. Let's take, it to, let's take it to the Pacific Northwest and talk to my man Seattle Sim. Seattle Sim, my good friend. How you doing, bro? Good afternoon to you, sir. Top of the afternoon. Hey, what's up? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Uh, you know. I mean, on, buddy? hey, I'm here, man. I mean, I'm here. What you got to say? I mean, you guys like to talk big shit. I'm here. Let's go. What you got to say? <laughs> Let's go. Ain't nobody worried. Ain't nobody ducking nothing. Let's go. What you got to say? You've been pocket I push, watching they say. I put, I put shoe, I put shoe polish on uh on Sam's uh, binoculars, so he's got the uh, the coon eyes right now, because he's been pocket watching all night. You bought me, you bought me the binoculars. You bought me those binoculars, dog. <laughs> for bird, for bird watching. What do you mean? You purchased them for me. That's neither. Let's neither here nor there, man. You know? Hey, how'd you see those fights last hey, night? Man. Man? Hey, man. Let me tell you, hey, yeah, I, accept shelf, I accept all <laughs> gifts. I accept all gifts. I accept all gifts. You have Burchill, right? Yeah. So, remember that. Remember that. Remember that. So, hey, hey, good uh, afternoon to you, Sam. How you doing today, buddy? No, we good. We good. You know? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh. It was a good little, you know, it was a decent, pretty good, pretty, I mean, it was a good, high-level good fight yesterday, and then the rest was kind of, you know, just solid fights to kind of have to, you know, fill up the schedule, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? It was just, you know, it was good. It was good because uh, it, was, it seemed like a, a somewhat normal boxing night, you know? It hasn't really been too many of those since the pandemic, mm-hmm. so it was, uh, it was, you know, Good. I heard you all talking about Broner. I mean, hey, I mean, hey, I mean, what can I say? I mean, it, it's like a, it's like you can you can literally play the same clips after every Broner fight, and it'll all sound the same, you know, win or lose, you know. So the stuff I, the little bit I heard of what y'all were saying, if y'all go back and listen to yourselves. You guys would be saying the same thing. And what that's called is not being able to learn from your experiences, man. But hey, the life of a you know, a fan, you know, I get it. I'm not I'm not mad about it, but it's just funny to me how it's the same storyline, it's the same wording, it's the same clip where you can literally just go back to two thousand fourteen or whatever and say and go listen to yourself talk and you'll be saying the same thing about Adrian Brown. You know? But um, you know, I didn't really, there was, you know, conflicting schedules as far as the fights. So I only got to see a portion of that fight of, of the Broner fight. And from what I had seen, you know, he looked, like, he looked to me like he was losing, but, um, I hadn't seen the early rounds yet, but from what I've seen that he lost, but you know, he, you know, I haven't seen it yet. So I can't tell say for sure that he lost, you know what I'm saying? But to me, he looked like he lost to me. I mean, um, it was, you know, kind of the same old Broner to me, um, you know, uh, more, you know, more of a, you know, sideshow, a name, you know, uh, 
you know, let me tell you what I'm going to do. But then when I get in the ring, I maybe do 20% of it and say I did this and say everybody's hating on me and this and that. In reality, it's like, uh, for many years now. Performances subpar, you know, I'm just saying, you know, and, um, you know, when it comes to Broner, my, my record is, you know, speaks for itself. You know, I was, you know, the first and only to say what I say at the time, and people know what that is, and I came out on top of it. So it's not even about hating. It's about I was actually right. You know, I went out on a limb at the time. When Broner was the hot thing, when Broner was the next Floyd to everybody, I was the one ever telling everybody pump the brakes, and I ended up being correct about it. But I'm not, mm. I'm not one to brag, mm. so we're not going to even get into that. Mm. But, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I will go back and check it out. What about the earlier fight? I, I will, huh? What about the earlier fight? <laughs> you didn't even see that fight, so we don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about you picking Burchell and your guy getting slaughtered in the ring. Another horrible pick by Seattle Sun. Well, well, first of all, who did you pick? <laughs> Valdez, that's easy. <laughs> I told nah, you that's yeah, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, get out of here, dude. First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, this is the thing, my nigga, you got to understand. In this conversation, in any conversation moving forward, you're not in control, brother. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be in you control. Are, you trying to, you're trying to play, you're trying to play the hedging, and yeah, everybody knows me, knows Valdez is my guy, but if I don't think if I have to, and I've made it clear, I was like, I was worried. I was leaning towards Burchell. I didn't say Burchell was going to destroy him or nothing. Didn't say anything like that. I was just leaning towards Burchell because I know how Valdez is. I know how Val, I wasn't sure Valdez could fight a disciplined fight for 12 rounds. He showed me he could. He showed me a next level to him. You know, I was worried ever since he got that shit, his shit split by homeboy. And I knew he was fighting another big guy, a big weight bully guy. And but this guy is actually uh, well, a champion, and so I was like, you know, man, it's gonna be a tough one. But you know, it's not that Burchell's my guy. I just, you know, I look at things a certain way, and that's it. But but on that, but the thing the difference between me is you don't make picks, act like you make a pick, and act like you a genius. You I ain't no genius, pick, nigga. You, same, you didn't pick Valdez either. You didn't pick Valdez either. So cut it out. You said you picked. You said you were leaning no, towards you did not Burchell. Pick, you did not pick Valdez, nigga. You did not pick. You're the only nigga I know. Yes, I you're the only nigga. I'm gonna start calling you. I'm gonna start calling you unsolved mystery picks. That's hey, what I'm start hey, calling you. So, you're unsolved hey, mystery hey, picks, he, he, nigga. You called me on the phone. You hear this guy? You called me on the phone and you said unsolved mystery picks, nigga. But hey, you can listen to This is the thing about it. And if you really, if you really. That's if you really listen, do. if you hey, really, you can even read the chat. I didn't even, li- I didn't even necessarily go all the way in on Burchell. I was leaning Burchell, but I didn't say he was going to destroy him. I said I'm worried about my God Valdez. You can read it for yourself. Me, me and you talked on the I phone, dog. So, but you, you didn't me, make no me picks. But now you, but, but hey, if you want that, bro, you said, if you so insecure about it, my nigga, you, you picked Valdez. No, you got that? You, know, you no, that's my point. But you do it every time. You do it every time, dog. You do it every time. Every time hey, some shit, hey, you don't oh, have the uh, I, I think I got Brady, but I got the Chiefs. Oh, I think I got this. You that, that, nigga, you do it every time. The jig is up. The jig is up. I don't remember you. I don't remember you. 
Listen, listen, I don't remember you picking Valdez, dog. But if you did, I'll take your word for it. But but I but I know this. In the past, over and over and over again, you are unsolved mystery picks, nigga. It's no unsolved yeah, mystery picks because I make my picks. I make my picks. He got his ass whooped. Okay. I make my picks on air every time. You can't be standing on your picks in the past. I'll let you slide with this Valdez shit, even though I don't remember. You like you sound huh? like a okay. Bill O'Reilly right. against Cameron, dog. Man, right, chill out, fellas. <laughs> chill out, fellas. We I'm know not, what Willis does say. Hi, man. Nigga. I'm, just, I, I'm exposing you, nigga. That's all. It's no big deal. Uh, no, I'm exposed, <laughs> dog. You been you been doing this exposing thing the last couple of nights, dog. Last couple, last twenty four hours, dog. A lot of exposure, but hey, it's all good, man. We know. No, it's the truth. It's the truth. Everybody, we, ask these niggas right now. Hey. RC, does Will be on some does Will does be on some unsolved mystery pick shit? Yes or no? No, because I always make my I pick, was... dog. My pick. No, no, I didn't ask Super you. Bowl this nigga answered it. I made my Super Bowl pick. <laughs> oh, now you mad, nigga? Now you I'm scrambling? You answering questions that are not I made the Super Bowl pick on the show. No, 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 no bro. Man, you, 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 did, you did that. You did. Dog, you said Chiefs, and then you said I might have Brady. Come on, dog. I said I might have. Come on, we know what time it is. But I didn't have him. Stop it, dude. Stop it. I picked Kansas City to win. I picked Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. That was my official pick. That was the pick that was on the on the internet, dog. Okay, so what is so okay? So so you admit? So you admit that you're unsolved mystery pick because you also. I say we have it recorded. I, every time you ask me who my pick was, I said who, who so my pick was. So why did you was. say I might have Brady? So why did you say I that? I might have had him, but I, I never said I had him. I said I might have him. <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> hey, hey, man. Unsolved <laughs> mystery pick, pick nigga. This ain't unsolved uh, mystery, hey, dog. Right, you just got to go through that right, time. All right, all right. Calm down, fellas. Calm down. How about this? Let's just get back to the subject. Oh, I'm calm, nigga. Right here. I'm calm. No, you're not. Yeah, you're, you're, you're out of control, sir. Today, man. If I was no, I'm always like, dude, I'm always turned up, dog. If you if you if you know me good enough, you know I'm always turned up. It ain't that I'm mad. I'm not mad, nigga. Come, come on, bro. Oh, come man. Man. If, if I was a police officer, I'd be reaching for my gun right now. You're out of control, buddy. You gotta chill. You gotta chill, bro. <laughs> Calm down. Look, if I was going hard, I have to take a call, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Take a You're going hard, Lee. Real quick. Real quick, so son. After the fight, hey, RC, picks, uh, RC picks Santiago, but that's the shit I'm talking about—the fake shit. No, I didn't. I didn't pick Santiago. No, I you did. Oh, to. oh. I would not be dictated to. Anyway, hey man, hey, like son, I say, you mad at me show? because I stand. You mad at me because I don't duck the smoke. I stand on it, and I don't hey, make unsolved mystery picks. Pocket watch too. Don't forget that. Hey, I don't pocket watch, bro. You can't pocket Go watch. Ahead, hey. Go ahead you and say it. You can't you can't you can't, you can't, po- you can't pocket watch. Huh? Adrian Bronner is watch. finish the sentence. What? <laughs> well he, Adrian he, he, Bronner he got is. paid, right? He got he thought last night. He ain't broke no well, more. I don't know. I, I don't know what he got paid yesterday, but I know you said he's broke or something like that. That is huh? No, hey, you, you know what? And this is what's so funny about it. And this is why it, certain what's things so cannot it, be dog? discussed. Certain things cannot be discussed over a chat, right? Because this is the point I was trying to get at, which is 
homeboy, Mr. Unsolved Mystery Picks, he likes to talk about the purses, the views, the ratings, this and that, percentage splits and all that. And so I tried to use – the point I was trying to make was using what he likes to use, say, against him, which is, for example, Spence had a higher gate, right, than Canelo recently. They both fought in Texas. What is Willis saying? Well, who had the bigger check? Well, who had the bigger you. check? Well, who had the bigger check? That's what Willis said, right? But here's the thing. He's trying to – in that little discussion we were having, he was trying to prop up Broner over Mahomes, which is weird. I don't even know why we were talking about that, a football player versus a boxer. But I was trying to use what he likes to say, which is who has the bigger check, though. We all know who got the bigger check. So I was using his own ways against him. But you guys didn't even let me – you guys just jumped on it because you guys were sensitive over a loser. And that's what it is. Interesting. Very, that was the point I was really trying to get at, but I couldn't get it all through because you guys, you guys jumped on me. You guys willing to sell out for a guy that's a loser? That ain't on me though. Whoa, 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 whoa! He won yesterday. You gotta chill. So, son, you're out of control right now. I'd be reaching for my my sidearm if I was a man with the badge. But hey, real talk. Valdez yesterday said that he's going to uh, give the fans what they want and try and give, get a fight with Shakur Stevenson. Pop it. Too early for Stevenson or dangerous for Valdez? Um, but why has it got to be Stevenson? Why can't we see Valdez versus Tank? Because Tank ain't going to let him fight. Like, he ain't going to let him. Floyd Mayweather baby him, basically coddle him. He ain't gonna, he's not going to do any, He's not going to take no risky fight like that. We know this. Because I'm just saying, the, the three biggest names at that weight division is Tank, Valdez, and Shakur, right? Shakur had no problem fighting a former featherweight in Santa Cruz, right? Why can't he fight a former Maybe. former featherweight in Valdez? I'm just saying. You know? That's why I brought I him up. Gonna, I don't think it would happen. I, I don't think Tank's going to fight anybody that's worth, worth mentioning. As as far as Shakur goes, and let me quote unquote not be mad anymore because you guys think I was mad. All right, let's talk boxing. Okay, so that fight should have no problem being made. They're both with top rank, and uh, you know they both I uh, get acting acting like they want to fight. I don't think Valdez is scared of him. You know Valdez is a warrior, experienced and all that. He's got Olympic pedigree just like Shakur. Um. You know, it's a very interesting fight because on one hand, you can look at it and say Shakur might be too tall, rangy, and, you know, intelligent as far as he might be able to just control Valdez, right? But then you have to look at it like, well, who has Shakur fought at the level of Valdez? And one thing we know about um, the levels in boxing is once you fight a guy at that level, you have to start being able to show different things that you haven't showed in the past. So in that case, it would probably be a situation where Shakur is going to have to probably be more, um, you know, physical, more maybe more of a shootout at times, and he's probably going to have to take more punches than he's regularly used to. So we would have to pro- we would probably get to see can Shakur take a punch. Because so far in his career, he hasn't really been hit with anything, you know? And if you saw last night, the clip was loaded from round one. 
you know? He was punching hard with both hands, you know? His power actually looked better at 130 than he did in his first original three fights. He was punching harder, but he was also loading up a lot, too. And, you know, he's got speed, too. He's, he's not as fast as Shakur, but he can be awkward at times. He, he throws his shots at angles. So it would be interesting to see what type of punches he would land on Shakur and, and if Shakur could could take it. I have no doubt Shakur could take – I mean, uh, Valdez could take Shakur's punches, but – um, you know, I do think Valdez would miss a lot too. And would he get would it would it get to a point where he's so frustrated he runs into something? So it's a very good fight. Um I would probably not want to I mean, they're not I mean, if we're being honest, they're not gonna fight next. You know, even though Valdez, you know, slept him, you know, if we're being honest, it looked like Valdez was about to go. You know, in rounds like five, six and seven, I think it was, where after he he threw, threw everything at him, and and uh, Burchelt took it and stood up to it for like two to three rounds. Valdez really didn't do nothing, and it looked like he was trying to hold on, but then that second win came in, and then it was over. So, um, so it it was a, you know, if you look at the highlights and everything and how it ended, you probably think that oh, it wasn't that hard of a fight, but no, nah, that was a hard fight on this dude. He's feeling it this morning. So they're probably going to bring him back with a, you know, kind of a showcase fight, and then Shakur going to fight somebody next, and then after that we'll probably may- maybe see it by the end of the year. And uh, I think that's a great fight, man. Um, I really don't see how it don't get made So because of the quote-unquote political factor. So if it don't, it'll just be one guy clear- clearly ducking the other. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I like when you're calm and not crazy yelling obscenities at the rest of us. You know, it, it, we can have civil conversations. You know, we're all we're all what friends. We're all friends right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So me, hold on. You think me calling? He called me mad. I call them until unsolved mystery picks. What's the big deal? I don't know what the what what, what happened. <laughs> I, I kept oh, it <laughs> We all friends here, right, guys? It's all good. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, he called me out. You know, he called. He also called me a pocket watcher. So, see, that's the thing. That's the double standard. You called me a pocket watcher. You basically said I was mad. All I said was he's unsolved mystery picks, and I stand on it. Well, I feel you. I feel you on that. Um, let me let me get your take real quick on the other. Um, just a quick little recap of the other fights we talked about. Elvis and, and Gabriel Flores Jr., Robert Easter. Um, any of those guys in front of you or just business as usual from what you've been about my man, Otto I was impressed with uh, Robert Easter. <laughs> I was impressed with uh, Gabriel Flores. I didn't think he would stop, dude, because dude had only been stopped before one time, and that was by Valdez, I believe. And I thought it would be a good fight for him, but he would win a decision for him to take him out like that. Very impressive. You know, he's also a young kid, so you got to remember a lot of that power is kicking in. You know, he's still growing into his man strength, so he's going to be hitting a lot harder in the next couple of years, you know, um, and we're going to see more knockouts from him because he has very low knockouts for his career so far. Waleen did what I expected him to do. Uh, Dominic Brazil, if anybody listening right now that is related to Dominic Brazil, Hang it up, brother. It's time to retire. You know? 
But um, so, you know, uh, Wallin did what I thought he would do. I thought Wallin would uh, win. And, uh, you know, um, may, I think they're probably going to put him in there with uh, maybe a, some type of, um, you know, maybe a title shot or eliminator coming up against somebody. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Wallin versus uh, Wilder, you know. I mean, Wilder said he was supposed whoa, to be back whoa, in January. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me stop you there. Well, let me stop you there. Wilder ain't fighting anymore. He's retired, bro. Well, that's a discussion for another day. But um, well, does he Wilder, still have brace? Does he still have brace? I don't know. Does he? Um, but you know, Willa don't like when that's if, 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 if he still has brace, he ain't fighting. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, what that's a very uh, interesting fight status. <laughs> what was that, JP? But, uh, what does this braids have to do with his fight status, RC? He's changing his identity. So if someone's be like, hey, hey, you're that one fighter who got knocked the fuck out by Tyson Fury. I said, nah, nah, that, I'm, that, that's not me. I'm not Deontay. I'm, I'm yeah, Deontay that's, Wilder. That, that's what I was, you know, you know. I mean, that, that's a very interesting take because when you think about it, uh, these fighters that lose and then change their identity, when you think about it, why would they, ch- you know, change the way they look? Yeah, why, why would someone why do would that? that? Why would they do that instantly? Because they don't want to be recognized in public. <laughs> no? It's true. Think about it. Uh, um, Jose Benavidez, my guy, talk a lot of shit, got knocked the fuck out by Terrence Crawford. Next week, he's got a ponytail with a red stripe. So you're like, is that him? Wait, no, that ain't him. That can't be him. He had a fade last yeah, time. Yeah, because the way he, not him. before, he just had, like, straight fades, you know, and all that. Yeah, you know, very interesting take, you know, that could be, the, you know, we, we could always get into another time. But, you know, Waleen, you know, he showed versus, you know, Fury, and then this fight that he's definitely world level. Um, he's, He don't got that lights-out type of power, you know, but, you know, he's tough and all that, and, uh, Maybe he's an opponent for Wilder. Like I said, Wilder had said in the past that he was going to be back in January. We're almost into March, and he still hasn't been back, and he still hasn't had a, a date or an opponent. It kind of looks like it's going to be Martin. But if it's not Martin, then I wouldn't mind seeing Waleen, you know, because Andy Ruiz announced that he's fighting uh, Chris Ariola. So, um, yeah, I mean, but – and then the other fights – uh, the Elvis kid. Uh, I need to see a little bit more. Uh, I thought I thought he should have been able to do more in that fight than he did. It was a showcase, and you know, I just kind of felt like he was going through the motions and just I didn't see that next gear, you know, in, in him. But he's still young and stuff. We'll see. Uh, I think that's all the fights. Was there was there any other fights that I, I missed? Oh, did y'all talk about Josh Kelly destroyed at home? No, nah, I didn't see that shit. I didn't watch his own fight. He got destroyed, man. Check that out? And like... Yeah, he JP got destroyed, man. Did you guys check um, that out? I think I was the only one that yeah, saw it, man. I mean, they were pumping him up, man. They were pumping him up as, like, the next uh, prospect at welterweight from the U.K., but... He was, you know, he was winning the fight. He was controlling it, but he had two bad cuts. He had one cut over his, I believe, right eye, and then he had a cut on his head. 
and he was still winning the fight, but he was leaking a lot of blood. And then all of a sudden, the guy he was fighting, Avenician, he you know Avenician fought Shane Mosley in the past, beat him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he just kept turning up the pressure, and then finally he got to him, and all of a sudden it was over. Like the guy was winning the fight the whole time, and all of a sudden gets stopped. So it's been a it's been rough for the UK fighters, man. Uh, the last year or so, I mean, he lost. Uh, Warrington lost last week. Dubois lost a couple months ago. I mean, it's been rough, man. They've been taking a lot of L's, bro. So, Didn't that Lee Selby get know. knocked out recently, too? The guy that Shug Green could have done? He said... I want to say, I I say Lee Selby. Lee Selby, remember that guy that Shug couldn't stand the UK brothers that acted black or something like oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah. Shug didn't like him. Yeah, yeah. He did. I think he did get knocked out. Yeah, they've been they've been yeah. taking some L's, dog. <laughs> some huge L's. You know, and so, um, and you know, like a lot of people are saying, like as far as, oh, uh, you know, wondering like, oh, was was Burchelt weight drained, and and all that, and. You know, was that the reason why his punch resistance? I'm like, maybe, but I don't know. I think I just think that when a guy like is loading up like that, he's landing flush punches on you. He was he was when he lands flush punches on you. Even if you're the bigger guy and you rehydrate a lot, they're gonna take a toll on you. Also, if there was something that had an effect on him, I think it's the fact that if it was, I don't think I. I'm more lean towards that. He just was landing a lot of flush punches on it and loading up. But if anything, I think it was probably that he had COVID, you know? And we've seen that it had effects on guys, you know, other athletes and stuff like that. So if, if, if it was anything, it was that. I don't think it was the weight. You know, I think he was fine. I think he was – the fight was very, you know, he um, Valdez was winning it with the jab. Enough, but it was very technical at first. They weren't neither was really doing a lot until that left hook landed on his temple, and then it just changed. He just never totally recovered. You know, he got somewhat there, but he still was never the same. So I don't, I don't think it was you know anything with the weight. I think I just think that you know Valdez, you know the way Valdez looked and the way he ex- executed the game plan, it's hard to see him ever fight that good again. Like he 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 uh was very impressive. Like it's like why what I when people say I, I don't like Canelo or why do I quote unquote hate Canelo because when I watch Canelo I've never seen him look that impressive to me ever, you know. And like Valdez Same. was very impressive, you know. He showed me a lot of different gears, a lot of different levels. He showed me the the tangibles, the intangibles, and with and he did it for the pretty much the whole fight, you know. Besides some little moments where, you know, he was taking a little bit of break and all that, but then he came back and turned it up and then just destroyed him. But with Canelo, he's only shown me impressive moments in fights like for a couple rounds in a row and then it comes off, you know, tapers off, and then he maybe come back a little bit again. Then he tapers. He's never shown me like a full-on complete performance. That's why I've never been impressed with him because if he's as great as everybody says he is, then he should be able to put on a complete performance to me, and he's never had. But that's just me. That's a that's a Canelo topic for another time we can discuss. But that 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 I just wanted to relay it because a lot of people wonder why I say the things I say about Canelo because I've never I've never been that impressed with him. Last night I was impressed with Valdez. Other guys in the past I've been impressed. 
Canelo, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think uh I think that that's gonna wrap it up for us today. Um you know, uh good show, good stuff today. I'm glad we had time to come on here and, and defend himself so it doesn't seem like we're talking about him behind the man's back or something, you know? Because we're friends. We're all friends here. You know, well, <laughs> by hook or by crook. But, um, yeah, man, we're going to have to wrap this one up. And, and like I would say, I got number time on my hands now. So um, we're going to be coming on a more regu- regular schedule. So um, speaking yeah, for myself, let's time get back to pocket watching. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> hey, but um, I got to get out and, uh, you know, take care of this. This little guy right here, I got to get him ready for some bands and push-ups and shit like that. So it's about to go down, man. We'll be back on Wednesday, though. Right, Willa, since you're the man who hosts the the uh, preview week show or whatever we could do before the weekend comes. So be looking out for yeah, that. Yeah, y'all around. We'll, we'll, get, in, we'll on get on it. All right, we could do that. We could do that. All right, fellas, well, let's get out of here, wrap this one up, and we'll come back on Wednesday. So thank you, J.P., and Sons for coming and checking in with us, man. Good to hear from everybody. Willa, hopefully that son stays out there kicking in Texas so you ain't got to worry about making no igloos and shit like that. So speaking for myself in the San Joaquin Valley of Central California, Houston, Texas, Southern California, and the Pacific Northwest, we are the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Thank you very much. Have a good week, fellas, and we'll be back soon. We out. Mom, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.